For just one corporate job, only four to six people will get an interview for every 250 resumes received. Those aren't very good odds if you're counting on that job. The fact is, you need a real person advocating to a real employer that is a real job, and that's where Express Employment Professionals come in. Express is your local resource to help you get a new job. Express has more than 18,000 jobs available weekly. That's 18,000 jobs that need to be filled right now. Find your nearest office at ExpressPros.com, and Express never charges a job seeker to find employment. Your locally owned Express office can connect you with available jobs in your community. On ExpressPros.com, find jobs in manufacturing, accounting, customer service, sales, distribution, and information technology, you name it. Visit the nearest Express office today to speak with hiring professionals connected to the available jobs in your community. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. ExpressPros.com. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Tell me about the book Erie, Florida. Okay, well, while we were doing The Haunted House for years, I was like, okay, um, we could have a werewolf jump out at somebody, but what if we found, oh, wait, there's the skunk ape of Florida. Oh, there's, you know, dogmen in the Ocala National mm-hmm. Forest. And suddenly it was, uh, you know, let's start basing these on local legends. And so, and of course, we, we used to quote, call it uh, hell viewing them up. We would make them a bit spookier and all that. And so for years and years, I collected all these stories and uh, decided to be, uh, I was going to be Stephen King a couple years ago, and I wrote this uh, fictionalized versions of all these stories in a book called 31 Tales of Hellview Cemetery. And they're, you know, creepy little nods to the legends. But I got all these emails saying, well, you say it's based on this legend. Well, what's that legend? And I, I assumed everybody knew these local legends, and apparently nobody did. So uh, that's what uh, this book came out to be from History Press. And you had fun doing this, too, it seems. Oh, yeah, we uh, 3,000 miles driving around Florida without ever leaving the state. And, uh, and you know, historical <laughs> archives, uh, museums, you know, nature trails, abandoned cities, all kinds of fun stuff. Favorite story in the book? Oh, uh, my gosh. My favorite story in the book, uh, there's a lot of good ones, but my absolute favorite was one uh, f- that we got when we originally put up our website uh, for the haunted house, I put up an email address, and this will tell you a little bit of the time period. It was sure. a GeoCities website, and my address was AOL. <laughs> uh, so that'll tell you what, a little bit. What's AOL? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hmm. uh, and uh, the letter, and I got this nice, lovely email from this little lady in Lake Wales, Florida, which is kind of a spooky area. It has the infamous Spook Hill, which is one of those gravity hills and has a Bach Tower Gardens, which is a beautiful, is the highest point in Florida, a whole 223 feet above sea level. <laughs> and, uh, and um, you know, it's bigger than Space Mountain. And uh, anyway, uh, the uh, tale there is this lady lived out on this uh, orange grove out there with her family, and this is in the uh, late 40s, early 50s. And they notice all their fruits disappearing and they don't know what to do about it so they put out traps thinking it might be fruit rats but normally they leave like just holes in the fruit and stuff but this fruit's just gone uh they tie up some ropes thinking you know maybe somebody's coming to steal their stuff and what they catch is a little man naked little man who with a full beard so they know he's not a like a leprechaun 
like a, like a, a gnome or a leprechaun. He's no bigger than a bottle of water. Jeez. Uh, the lady uh, who told me this story. And um, they don't know what to do with him, so they call the police. And the uh, police come out, and they... Uh, they don't know what to do with the guy. They can't handcuff him because he's so tiny. And uh, you know, at best, best <laughs> at best, they got him for trespassing. Um, so you know, and this is late forties, early fifties. So they just you know let it go. It's like just yeah, whatever. This is obviously not who's stealing your fruit. So they let him go, and then a couple days later, more fruits missing. So they you know set up more traps, and sure enough, they catch him again. Jeez. The time they call the police, and the police are like, okay, we'll take him. And they they didn't have anything to put him in, so they put him in one of the orange crates. I mean, how small was he? Uh, no bigger than a water bottle. Maybe he was six, eight inches the way. That's it? Yeah. So, yeah. Now, they weren't freaking out too much because Ripley's was around at that point. You know, it was a, you know we had uh, Ringling down, wintered down here. So people were kind of used to circus folk and, you know, Tom Thumb and all that. Wow. So did, it wasn't did it, completely did, out of the ordinary. Did it communicate? They, it was screaming in a language they couldn't understand. <laughs> they were, so they didn't know what it was screaming at them. So the police took it to find a translator, thinking it's Spanish or Portuguese or something. And um, and once they leave, you think that's the end of the story, and that's kind of the beginning. The next night, the house is pelted with rocks. The trees are going crazy, and branches are being thrown at them. And they don't. They come outside, and there's dozens of these little guys. Whoa! And at the house, so they call the cops again. The police come back with the little guy. They obviously they can't figure out what language he's speaking and all this. And you know, it's nice to know that uh, you know policing hasn't changed that much in you know sixty years. They just let him loose because <laughs> they're like, this is too much paperwork. Enough, enough we don't is enough. Deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> and so they let him loose, and then all the people, you know, the little guys just run off into the woods, uh, into the orange grove. And they're like, well, what do we do? And the cops are like, oh, I guess you're going to have to deal with uh, your oranges disappearing. Uh, Thankfully, they, they, they find a, a farm hand from a nearby farm who tells them that it's red caps. They're, you know, they're fairies uh, or gnomes, and you've offended them in some way. And well-known in that area, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of uh, Irish farmhands and stuff. And they're, they're thinking this is maybe a different strain because that's, you know, they're, they, you know, they're speaking a different language and all that. So, they, uh, so they, they, they find out they have to get a blessed rock from Ireland. And uh, they go through the trouble. The of Blarney rocks. Stone, right? Yeah, yeah, some sort of stone of some sort. Yeah, exactly. And they go through the trouble of getting this stone shipped to them from Ireland, and they put it in the uh, orange grove and never had any problems after. What a and story. the lady was adorable, told me the whole story, gave me directions, and um, sadly she passed away a few years ago. This is one of our, like I said, one of our older stories. And I was like, well, I can't use this in the book because I'll never get any verification. Sure enough, one of the original police officers contacted me and said, oh, yeah. There no was way. Weird incident. It was a true story? It is a true story. So we went out and followed the old directions that the lady gave me, and we found this orange grove that's within sight of Bach Tower, and it's this old dirt road you're driving on. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's like driving through 1920s Florida. You, know, you, you realize what the tourists were going through. And uh, and you go into this orange grove, and we're following the directions to where the rock is, and we find the clearing, and we're like, yes, this is it. Now it's owned by a big conglomerate now uh, that sells orange juice. Imagine that. And uh, so <laughs> we go to get out of the car, and there are all these white boxes on the side of the road, and we're like, what are these white boxes? 
And sure enough, that's where they keep their bees to pollinate the oranges. So, so we didn't get a picture of the rock. <laughs> Jeez, what a story. Now, any more reports of these little critters? Apparently not, but, uh, you know, it's it's a fun story. And uh, Carrie Schultz, my illustrator, did an amazing illustration for the gnome. And uh, and the cop who was uh, super nice about it, uh, was uh, he was just like, look, I can't, I don't know what I can say. It, it was weird. You know, that's the best I can say, so... Putting together the book, was it easy or difficult to find the stories? Uh, well, I'd, I'd had most of these stories for years. I think the hard part was narrowing it down. We had so many stories. Uh, we wanted ones. We, we did the, you know, the old weekly world news used to be, if one person told it to you, it's real, use it. And then, you know, modern journalism likes three to five sources. Mm-hmm. We kind of went split the difference. As long as we had two sources, we could run with it. And that narrowed the stories down quite a bit. And uh, that's that was kind of how we went. Tell me about the uh, story of the uh, Wicodemus grave. Oh my gosh, Wicodemus. That was one of the craziest places we went to. Uh, it is uh, near Fernandina Beach, which is way up on the uh, northeast uh, corner of Florida, almost the Georgia border. And um, there's this beautiful place called the Eggins Creek Greenway. And that is this just beautiful uh, nature preserve. And it's you know, got wetlands. It's got all this other stuff. So it's just an amazing place. And there's this other side of it that is not on the map, that's no longer part of the Eggins Creek Greenway. And there's a bridge over to it. And suddenly you're in this old live oak forest. And it's right across from Fernandita Beach High School. And I think the picture is up on your Coast to Coast website. Yes. It's this abandoned nature trail. And, uh, of course, there's a legend behind it that the high school students tell, that if you walk down this creepy trail that says it was a student nature trail, but the school has no records of it ever actually being used, um, and you walk down it, and you find this old oak tree, and at the base of the oak tree is this stone where it's the grave of a witch from a lost colony that uh, might predate Roanoke uh, on this island. And the witch uh, had a pet demon named Wicodemus. Aha. And, what a name. Uh, if you say the demon's name three times, the wind will roar, the earth will shake, and uh, you know, and the demon will re- give you a piece of its power. And um, and then there's other versions of the legend where you have to go there three nights, and the girl will haunt your dreams, and uh, and give you you know witch witchery and spells. And then uh, my absolute favorite version though was if you go there on four nights, uh, she'll kill you. And, she'll uh, kill well, you. Yeah, she'll kill you in in your sleep. So I didn't see an upside to that one, so we didn't try that one. Uh, That's smart, Mark. <laughs> but we did say Wicodemus a few times, and the ground shook really? a little bit as the wind picked up, and it roared. And we tried to do video for the website, and the wind is so loud, we couldn't actually record anything at that point. You were summoning up this entity somehow. Yeah, who knows what it was, but it was the first time uh, Carrie, my illustrator, who's uh, a open mind but uh you know but has not really had any crazy experiences that was the first time i saw her shaken 
because it was uh, definitely unusual. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.